Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Betting, a Sports Garden Network production. We are your source for sports entertainment and credible sports intelligence. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting. I am Tom Barton, Sports Garden Network. Guys, go check us out, Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, over on all the social media channels. It's Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S-G-N. All the social media channels, that, that's what I mean, Facebook and Twitter or X, so it's just easy to say all of them. Go check it out. All right, guys, look, it's week one of the NFL. It's finally here. It seems like so much time passes between one time and the next, right? Uh, one season and the next just drags. We've had a lot of things go on, but week one is finally here, and we are ready to go. And there has been a lot of huge injuries sort of late in the spring here uh, between Cooper Cup, uh, Jonathan Taylor saga that we have going on, now the Travis Kelsey news, and that's where we're going to start. We're going to start week one, game one, Thursday night, the Lions against the Chiefs. Look, this was pretty much set at six and a half, uh, the Chiefs favored at home the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead, six and a half point favorites over the up and coming Lions. The Lions who have more tickets bet on them than anybody else to win the Super Bowl. People are buying into the Lions, but not so much, not according to the, the bookmakers who made them six and a half point underdogs. But the Kelsey news came down. And I've mentioned many times on this show that when you're looking at a, a quarterback, a quarterback moves a line. Okay, a quarterback could move a line six, eight points even, a, a massive blow. But most of the time, other position players don't generally move a line. Offensive linemen, defensive linemen barely move it at all, if at all. Uh, secondary pieces barely move it at all. A wide receiver might move the line if he's a key wide receiver. Maybe, maybe, maybe half a point or a point. A key running back. We've watched key running backs move a line a point or two. But a tight end? No, you don't have that happen, except in this case. The line is all the way down to four and a half in some spots with a lot of people believing that Travis Kelsey absolutely is going to miss this game. So the line drops to four and a half. I do, however, want to give you some stats on this one, okay? Because Patrick Mahomes in week one as a starting quarterback has been absolutely fantastic. In 2018, 256 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks. 2019, 378 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. 2020, 211 yards, but he didn't really need him. Again, three touchdowns, no picks. Last year, 337, well, two years ago, 337, three touchdowns, no picks. And then last year, the incredible 360 yards, five touchdowns, and no picks. So you start to look at this and you go, yeah, Patrick Mahomes in week one, 1,542 yards, 18 touchdowns, no interceptions, 136.9 passer ratings. He, he's unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. That's a lot of Andy Reid, and you give Andy Reid time to sit back, and you give Andy Reid time to kind of go over things. Yeah, it makes some sense. I will say this, though. People are going to automatically jump on it and say, wait a minute, what about Patrick Mahomes without Travis Kelsey, right? And Travis Kelsey hasn't missed a game because of an injury uh, in, in literally a decade, right, uh, since 2013. He's rested twice a couple. He missed a game because of covid uh, in the, the the game that he was without him against Pittsburgh, which is a pretty decent defense, Casey won 36-10. Mahomes is 23 of 30, 258 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, he did have Tyreek Hill, but it's worth noting, right? I mean, it is worth understanding that, that this is real, that Patrick Mahomes can survive 
He can survive without Travis Kelsey. Now, I didn't love the game to begin with, and I don't think I like the game anymore or any less, right? I mean, look, to me, it's a matter of do you believe in what the, um, I mean, just be honest, do you believe in what Detroit's doing? Do you believe in Dan Campbell? I'm not sure I'm fully buying in. Look, I like what he did, but I'm not sure I'm fully buying in. I still have questions about that defense. I think Hutchinson's real good, but I don't know if they could get a consistent pass rush there. So I have some questions on the defense. And on the back end of that, I think offensively they're going to be fun. I think Jared Goff's going to be a lot of fun. And speaking of uh, overs and, and you know, high flying, well, since 2007, the over in Detroit's opening games are 15-1. and one. The Lions have gone over the total in 12 straight seasons to begin the year. 12 straight years, guys. I, I mean, that is just, uh, that, that's one of those wow moments, right? I mean, it, it really is. Um, so you start to think, okay, what does this all mean? It, it means to me that you shouldn't go out there and make an aggressive bet on game one, week one, because it, well, you just have football on. Wait till Sunday if you need to. This is a tough game. It's a tough game with, with a lot of variables out there that we're not sure about. Kelsey being the first. So let's go to Sunday. Panthers, Falcons. This line has bounced a little bit, but now it's getting a lot of Falcons money. Three and a half point favorite are the Falcons over the Panthers. Bryce Young's first start. Desmond Ritter trying to be back. We know Bijan's going to be the number one guy, and they're going to run the ball a lot. Last year, the Falcons absolutely just told you exactly what they were going to do, and they they did it. Uh, they led the NFL in rushing attempts last season. They added Bijan Robinson, so you don't think that that's going to be anything different. But Look, Kyle Pitts is still banged up, right? Desmond Ritter is still unknown. So I don't expect them to have massive, massive change in philosophy, right? The Falcons offensive line was a top 10 unit last year. Why wouldn't you run behind them? And Desmond Ritter is kind of the key. If you're going on the Falcons, you have to believe that Desmond Ritter is the key. He had the highest off-target throws last year, highest uh, throws for those that don't know, of, of just missed missing throws, right? Okay, Desmond Ritter also was bad against a blitz. He was 33rd and 38th. Ranked 33rd overall and 38th against uh, them in yards per attempt against the Blitz. That's not good. Okay, I mean, that, that's just not good. On the other side, we have a lot of unknowns. Again, a new running back, Miles Sanders, was already banged up. New wide receiver in Adam Thingley. Uh, new head coach. New quarterback in Bryce Young. But I do like this defense. I like, I like Brian Burns. I like Jeremy Chin, although Burns might not be there. We like Brian Burns. I like Jeremy Chin. I like Shaq Thompson. I like Luvu in the middle. The best unit on the field will be the Carolina Panthers' defense. But is it enough to get over their offensive problems? I'm not sure. Look, I don't like to go out there and bet on rookie quarterbacks uh, almost ever. But I certainly don't like to bet on rookie quarterbacks in week one. Rookie quarterbacks, I, I need to see. I, I need, And you'll see me pretty much fading them all here. I need to see. What are we doing with rookie quarterbacks here in week one? How are they going to turn around? And how are they going to look? Right? I mean, how are they going to adjust to what they're doing. Since 2003, quarterbacks drafted number one overall are 0-13-1 straight up and just 1-13 against the spread in their first start. 1-13 against the spread their first start makes me believe, you know what, I'm staying away from this game. If anything, I guess I'd be laying the three and a half with the, with the Falcons, but I don't love that. Ravens, Texans, this line shot all the way up to 10, by the way. Watch some rain in the forecast there. Total is 43 and a half. Again, here we go. Right? I, I mean, you, you could sit back and you could tell me anything that you want, but there you go. One in 13, C.J. Stroud's going to be making his first start. That, that's who's going to be making his first start. Lamar Jackson, by the way, in week one is three and one against the spread. So he's been, he's been pretty fantastic against the spread. 
you, you start to break this game down and you go, look, uh, the Baltimore Ravens are looking at a legitimate Super Bowl run. That's what they want. They, they're, they're eyeing the Super Bowl, and they have the team to do it. Lamar Jackson's in camp. He's happy. He's paid. Uh, J.K. Dobbins looks like another year healthy. Roquan Smith with another year under that coaching staff. They are changing uh, to Mocking and that kind of offense that should be a little bit different. The Texans, they have a lot of interesting pieces, and I like Pierce. And maybe some of their receivers in Dell or Collins kind of step up. Their defense could be good. Nico Ryans is a defensive guy. Maybe they can keep it close. But double-digit favorites actually do pretty well in week one as opposed to overall. I never like laying double digits in the NFL. I hate it. I can't stand it, okay? But if there's ever a time, might be Ravens, Texans against C.J. Stroud. Makes some sense. Bengals, Browns, to me, the, the most unbettable game of the weekend. Bengals giving two and a half to the Browns on the road. Joe Burrow banged up, but he looks like he's going to be good to go. And, uh, and they're saying pretty much completely healthy. Look, how much camp does does he really need, right? I mean, how much camp does he really need? It doesn't seem like that. The Bengals' defense, though, is sort of my question mark. They ranked second to last in rushing the passer last year. In a game like this where Watson can sit back, I expect Chubb to have a big role, but Watson can sit back, and he's going to be able to use these new pieces. You know they're going to go after that. And if you give him time, you may not like him, and I'm not a huge fan of Deshaun Watson, okay, obviously, uh, but if you give this man time, he's going to give give you some success. I look at the Browns Bengals and I, I I worry about both defenses. Look, Miles Garrett's great, but I worry about both defenses a little bit here. If Burrow comes back and Burrow looks like Burrow, sure it's great. But remember last year, I gave you the Pittsburgh Steelers to beat the Bengals straight up, and, and didn't need the points, didn't need anything. They did exactly that because I thought that the Bengals were a team that kind of gets into their flow as the season moves on, and I was 100 right in Week One there. I may be doing the same thing again. Jaguars, Colts, all of the money is coming in on the Jags. And guess what? I don't care. I think the Colts are an absolute train wreck. New quarterback, new head coach, a quarterback that, oh, by the way, shouldn't be starting. Everybody said, you know what? The guy's very talented, but he doesn't deserve to start. Jonathan Taylor saga. It is a mess. And this line has gone up from three and a half or four now to five and even five and a half in some spots. The Colts have been atrocious in week one. They are 1-13-1 against the spread the last 15 week one games. That is pathetic. I mean, they're absolutely horrible. And you look at the defense. They lost three premier starters. Their best player has major injury concerns. We don't know how he's going to do. Anthony Richardson was 6-7 and seven as a college starter at Florida, right? I mean, at Florida, the running back situation's a mess. I know the money is coming, pouring in on Jacksonville. And, and I just can't understand why they, it wouldn't be. Trevor Lawrence was tap, past 10, um, top 10 in passing attempts last season. He now gets Calvin Ridley. Trevor Lawrence, you turn around, number one in completion percentage from week nine on at 71%. From week nine on, he was absolutely fantastic. 270, uh, 2,273 yards, just under a 70% completion percentage, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions, 104.6 passer rating. Guys, it's week nine on. I think it's the same Jacksonville team. There's a lot of hype. It's a division game. You don't want to lay points in a division game on the road. I get it. I don't care. Vikings are a six-point favorite over the Buccaneers. What you need to know about the Vikings is very simply, last year I gave you them to go over and sky over their wins total, which they absolutely did before the year. They won 13 games last year. 11 of those games were decided by a touchdown or less. 11 of those games, guys. Okay? That is something to pay attention to. 
And, and while we love Kirk Cousins and he's been outstanding, and you know, look, since he's come into uh, the league here and since he's come into the, the Minnesota Vikings, he's been great. Fifth in passing yards, fifth in passing touchdowns, seventh in passer rating, fourth in uh, tied for fourth in attempts. He, he's he's fantastic when he's out there. He gets a new weapon in Addison. But they lost – look, they have Hawkinson too, but he might not be in this game. They lost Adam Thielen. They lost Dalvin Cook. They were a team that barely got by on their 13 wins. Look, 11 of them set an NFL record. Barely got by. They lost some defensive guys. And you look at the Bucs. <clears throat> Baker Mayfield doesn't instill a lot of confidence in me. But you know what? I like Evans. I like Godwin. I like White. I like on the other side. I like the middle linebackers are fantastic. Uh, you look at David and White. They're unbelievable. They have pieces. Okay? This team has lost a lot. They lost offensive linemen. They lost, obviously, Brady. They lost a lot. But Laying six here, I'm leaning the Bucks in that spot. I don't know if I'm going to take them, but I'm leaning the Bucks. Saints, Titans, Saints defense should have a field day early in the season, especially in even a spot like this. Look, the Saints face Tannehill, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Mac Jones, C.J. Stroud the first six weeks. As a matter of fact, the Saints schedule is a joke. They are favored in 14 of the 17 games, including this one where it's a three-point favorite over the Titans. You got to like the Saints here. Look, I understand why everybody likes them. Olave and Thomas and, uh, you know, Derek Carr and their defense, which should be good. And you look at the Titans and everybody's been down on them. Ah, Derek Henry's getting hold. Ryan Tannehill, uh, they try to draft his replacement. Uh, what are they going to do? How are they going to defend? L- listen, here's the thing. You're giving a really good coach, Mike Vrabel, all this time to prepare. Derrick Henry is fresh off of resting all winter, right? So Derrick Henry comes back fresh. Tannehill knows this offense. He added a couple of pieces on the offensive wide receiver structure there. Traylon Burks is healthy. Just gives you something else. Their offensive line, which was bad last year, might be a little bit upgraded. Their defense is not terrible. You look, there are some names there on the defensive side. I think that this is one of those games that the public can get crushed on. Everyone's rushing to take the Saints at home. The line hasn't moved off of the three. And I'm looking at Vrabel and saying he's the kind of guy that can pull the upset. Same thing with the Steelers. Plus two and a half at home against the Niners. We don't know if Nick Bosa is going to sign. We do know that Brock Purdy is going to start after maybe he wasn't going to start. We do know that a lot of the San Francisco team here, George Kittle's banged up. We're not sure if he's going to play. Debo was banged up for a little while. We know a lot of things about uh, what we we are looking at with the Steelers and your hopes and your dreams with the Steelers. We don't know exactly what kind of Niners team we're going to get out there. For the Steelers, it's simple. Kenny Pickett looked great in the preseason. I think he takes a year or two bump. I like Pickens. I like Deontay Johnson. His numbers look that he's going to catch another 90 balls or something like that. Uh, Maybe he'll get into the end zone this year. Najee Harris was nursing an injury last year. He looks good. Warren behind him. TJ Watt's going to be back for the first game. And you look at at what this team does when T.J. Watt is in there. It's absolutely fantastic. With T.J. Watt, they allowed uh, 290 yards per game and just under 17 points per game. Without him, 390 yards per game and 25 points per game. The Steelers actually finished the season 7-2. and Now they're at home. Last year, I told you, at home uh, or on the road getting points. I loved it. Mike Tomlin getting points anytime. Mike Tomlin at home getting points is even better. This is a tough spot where the Niners are the better team, but the Steelers might be in a better position. Commanders, Cardinals, you look at Washington, they're not world beaters this year, but you like a couple of pieces. You like Biennemi. You like that Sam Howell was playing really well. Uh, You like the Robinson. 
and Gibson combination. Yeah, you like all of that. You do. And Washington's defense can be good. Cameron Curl is a really good safety, leading a team that maybe if Young gets back, sure. They're not world beaters, though, and that's why this line is only seven against what a team that I can only think is, is tanking. The Cardinals had the worst offensive line last season in the NFL. Now they have a weird head-scratching quarterback dilemma that Gannon doesn't even want to tell us who the quarterback is. Their number one tight end in Zach Ertz might be sat down, and guess what? That might help them because Trey McBride is even better. Their defense, they took their best, most talented, we'll say, defensive player and traded him away. They cut Colt McCoy just weeks ago, their starting quarterback. Arizona is a mess. I don't understand why this is only seven. Uh, I can't imagine that this Arizona team is not going to get crushed in almost every game this year. This is like the auto-fade team. Uh, I can't wait to see what these lines are going to get to once they start to really tank it in. Bears, Packers, one-point spread. A lot of people liking the Bears. I I love the enthusiasm. And you have to love watching a team go after it the way the Chicago Bears did. They brought in all kinds of different. Two, two different middle linebackers, DJ Moore to help out Justin Fields. They locked up their starting tight end. They uh, drafted Roshan Johnson, Devontae Foreman, who's going to be behind Khalil Herbert. It's actually fantastic. And I'll tell you what, the Bears offensive line that everybody's worried about, look, they do have two injuries that you have to keep concern of, and that's why I'm not jumping all over. I, I would be all over the Bears. But because of their offensive line injuries. But their offensive line was not that bad last year. They actually created the most time in the pocket uh, before a scramble last year. Fields still got sacked 55 times because he does a lot of scrambling. I expect Fields to be better. And against his Green Bay defense, it shouldn't be a problem. I mean, look, Green Bay, uh, just not very good defensively. But I will say this. Here's what Green Bay does have. The number two best offensive line last year. So they're going to give Jordan Love a lot of time. I expect Dylan and Jones to run really effectively behind that line. Uh, Musgrave is going to be a nice little weapon. If this is going to be a close game. The Lions won. I think the Bears win. If the Bears are two healthy offensive linemen, I'd be all over Chicago. I'd be all over Chicago. Those linemen worry me. Raiders, Broncos. The Broncos have never beaten the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they are 0-6. They don't win in Vegas. They can't do it. They're laying three and a half points in this spot. All of a sudden, every problem that Russell Wilson had is going to go away because, well, he's got a new head coach. I mean, that's what we heard, Right. Now, the Broncos do have the number one most improved offensive line. Yeah, Russell Wilson, though, was still 26th ranked in quarterback accuracy last year. I don't know how Sean Payton is going to fix his accuracy problem. I do like the fact that Javante Williams will be healthy. I do like the fact that that Sutton is probably the best weapon that he's going to have, although Jerry Judy's now on the bench. He's banged up. The Broncos' defense is for real, and Sertain might be up for Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, that's how good they are. But the Raiders present some certain problems. Look, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs is still a problem. And if you get a healthy Jimmy G, yeah, he can move the ball. The Raiders defensively will get after it. Max Crosby is a guy that's going to live in Russell Wilson's face. I watched preseason. I know I try not to put too much into preseason, but I watched the preseason games where the Denver Broncos were trying to show us that they were going to be a different team. And they looked exactly, exactly the same. No way in a division game against a team that they just simply cannot beat. Am I laying points in this spot? Dolphins, Chargers, Chargers, three-point favorite. Chargers have a huge future in front of them here with Kellen Moore now comes in as the offensive coordinator. He likes to air it out. They added offensive weapons. You know the names. Herbert up for MVP. People love him, right? Herbert and Allen and Williams, and they're all healthy right now. And Eckler, obviously. They're all healthy right now. Their offensive line is healthy right now. The the Chargers finally got out of camp healthy. On the other side, you have the Boses. You have the Derwin James. This team is stout. 
but I still do like the Miami Dolphins and what Miami has been doing. Look, when you are on and you are healthy, speaking about healthy, Tua being healthy, it's a difference maker. Tua healthy is absolutely fantastic. And you look in a spot like this, Tua was tied with Patrick Mahomes for passing touchdowns last year when you're talking about per touchdown, right? Uh, Nearly two touchdowns per game is what he was throwing. The Dolphins' offensive line was ranked 20th, which is a problem, right? And they have some some issues. But again, Tua was able to short pass. If Waddle and Hill are healthy, and don't tell me you don't have a running back because Mostert is healthy right now as well. For the season-long outlook, look, I look at this and I say, yeah, Dolphins have some problems. Game one, getting three points, kind of rethinking this thing and saying, yeah, I think it's going to be a nip-and-tuck game. Would Would it surprise me if the Chargers ran away with this? No, it wouldn't. But it wouldn't shock me at all if Miami won the game. Eagles, Patriots, this opened up as a five-point line. 88% of the money is coming in on the Eagles. 88% of the money is coming in on the Eagles. Guys, the line's down to four. Weird things are happening with this line. Now, it is in Foxborough. Bill is in Foxborough. I get it. Bill added Zeke Elliott. Bill has Stevenson. He added Juju. They added Hunter Henry last year. Look, they have some pieces here. And if you believe in Mac Jones and the uh, evolution of Mac Jones, this would be the year that he actually looks pretty good. The defense, we we know defensively they're going to be fine, right? I mean, um, you bring back Matthew Judon. They have a good defense because Bill Belichick's going to give them a good defense. But the Eagles had the number one offensive line last year, albeit a little bit older this year. The Eagles are preseason underdogs in just one game all year against the Chiefs in Week 11. People love the Eagles. The Eagles have Jalen Hurts. He might be the MVP. They have a new running back committee. Oh, this is great. Everything's fantastic. But guys, I look at the ages of their offensive and defensive line, and I get a little concerned. I get a little concerned here. I know that the Eagles are the fun team, the fashionable team, the easy team to pick because of how good they were last year. I get that. But the reality is, is that they do have some holes. I'm not sure if the Patriots are the team to be able to capitalize. But I tend to think so. I tend to think that the Patriots might be able to to be the team with an entire summer to find holes in a team that is a very aging line team on both offensive and defensive line. Rams, Seahawks, this line's going up with the Cooper Cup news. It's moved uh, from four and a half to five. Seattle, they're a very good team. Uh, Look, they are building it the right way, but they have one susceptible problem, and that is defense. You talk about the offensive line, which is better than most people uh, imagine. And then you get Metcalf, and you, you got Lockett. That's fantastic. And you got Walker, and then they drafted this kid. Oh, Geno Smith was great last year. Offensively, weirdly, I'm not worried about Seattle. In Seattle, I'm worried about the defense. And you have Tariq Woolen, which is a name. And Jordan Brooks, if he plays in week one, is fantastic to have him back. They brought back Bobby Wagner. Excellent. What else does he have in the tank? But their defensive line is certainly susceptible. Now, the Rams without Cooper Cup, I worry about. And I worry about Matthew Stafford standing there and saying he doesn't even know how to communicate with his guys. But I do like Cam Akers. And I think that the Rams, despite their offensive line problems, protecting Stafford can run block. This might turn into one of those ugly, just NFC West, ugly showdown in the rain. It's supposed to be a, a little rain in the forecast there in Seattle. It could turn into one of those type of games. And getting five points is just getting five points. I just... Don't like it without Cooper Cup. NFC East battle, the New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys. Giants are at home. Giants are getting three and a half at home. Dallas starting to get that enthusiasm back. Tony Pollard, and then you bring in Brandon Cooks, and here we go. Uh, 
people buying back into the, the Cowboys and buying back into the defense that is the Cowboys with Diggs, with Parsons. There's a lot to like about Dallas. There is. But when you start to go head-to-head in certain spots, the Giants make a lot of sense at home. The Giants make a lot of sense because of Brian Dable. He's the better coach in this matchup. I mean, let's just be honest. Now, last year, the Giants played the fourth easiest schedule. This year, they played the third most difficult. So I don't know if they're going to have a repeat of what they did last year. Okay? Uh, They're 6-1 to to win the division. There's not a lot of enthusiasm that the Giants are going to do big things. But I do like the progression of Daniel Jones. If Jones can take that next step up, this could be different. If Saquon Barkley is happy, like he said, and he looks like he was last year, this could be different. And I like the names on the Giants' defensive side. They just don't always play that way. The Dexter Lawrences and whatnot, they don't play to that ability. Thibodeau wasn't the guy I guess we thought he was, but he started to get close to being the guy that we thought he was. So you start to turn around and you look at this team and you, you go, I want to take the Giants at home. Division game at home, getting points, getting more than a field goal. It looks very tempting, but we have to make sure that the Giants are the Giants that we saw. Do you believe in Brian Dable? That's the question with this game, 100%. Then we go to the other New York team. They are also getting points at home in the same stadium. Monday night football, the Jets are getting two and a half against the Bills. The Bills have as much to prove here as the Jets. You know, all I keep hearing about the Jets is, well, you know what? You have Aaron Rodgers and they had hard knocks and so they have a lot to prove with Dalvin Cook. Look, this team is going to be able to effectively run the ball. I like Hook, uh, Cook, and I like Hall. You expect Aaron Rodgers to be perfectly fine. I, I'm not saying that he's going to put up an MVP season. Absolutely not. But fine, you got to like Wilson. You have to like that. But his secondary receivers are older. His offensive line is a sieve. His offensive line is bad, guys. Defensively, I, I have nothing to say about the Jets because they are just fantastic. Nothing bad to say. I mean, Sauce Gardner and Quinn Williams, they, these two guys might be battling out for defensive MVP as well. Defensively, it's going to be a struggle all year long for anybody going up against the Jets. It's the offense that I'm actually a little concerned about. On the other side, you have the Buffalo Bills. They have exactly as much to prove as the Jets because they want to say, hey, people are counting us out. We were Super Bowl darlings for like two years in a row here, even three years in a row. We were were picked to go. We were the next team. It was our turn, and we never got there. We don't want to be that team like those old Bills teams. Josh Allen is suddenly forgotten. Did we forget that Josh Allen, the same injury, by the way, that kept Shohei Otani out for the rest of the year, the same injury is what Josh Allen was going with last year. That's what he was playing with, guys. He's held back healthy. The defense that was absolutely fantastic two years ago was banged up, missing key pieces all over the field. They added guys now on offense. They added a Kincaid to James Cook coming back. This is a Buffalo team that we are going to know in week one, are they for real? Are they healthy? Or is this the team that we are expecting to go out there and do big things this year? Or, you know what, maybe they did miss their window. Maybe there are problems with Allen and Diggs. Maybe there are some issues defensively where these guys are just not going to be what we thought they were going to be. But I like that defense. I like the Milanos. And I like everything that that defense brings. The key to this game might be, can they get to Aaron Rodgers with a weak offensive line on the Jets? That, to me, is the key. All right, guys. So that is week one. I have quite a few games. I'll tell you, you know, I'm in the Super Contest. And my first instinct that I I jumped at right away, I said, I'm going with all underdogs this week. I I mean, I I really, I was going with all underdogs. And then the more you looked at it, I liked the Rams early on. I said, okay, wait a minute. No Cooper Cup. Uh, Like I said, I kind of lean the Giants. There's still underdogs that I do like. But you guys always ask me for my game of the week, right? And I I 
in the super contest, I will probably have four underdogs. If you gave me 10 teams here to pick, I probably would take nine underdogs. But my game of the week, I'm giving you a favorite. I'm with the public. Call me a square. Do whatever you want to do. That's perfectly fine. I just cannot see the Jacksonville Jaguars losing. Yeah, I'm taking on the money line. It's only minus 220. You hate the four and a half. I get it. Jacksonville's not losing. This is a win. Uh, I, I don't even mind laying the 220 at all. I really don't. Look, if you're playing baseball, you don't. You know those lines do often come up. Uh, but but I think they crush them. I can't imagine that Jacksonville lays an egg in week one. And the Colts also play good. Which is, you need both of those sides to happen. I think both of those sides don't happen. I think Jacksonville plays very well. And the Colts look like I expect the Colts to look. So I know it's chalky. I know it's terrible. I know it's square. I get it all. Uh, but Jacksonville's going to beat the Colts. At that is my pick of the week. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Go check us out, sportsgarden.com. Have a very good week one, everybody. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.